Hey, y'all, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to remind you about our Ignite prayer series for the season of Advent. We have access to these beautiful um, hymns, these beautiful songs written by the Vigil Project and several talks given by a priest that can help you dive more deeply into your prayer life during Advent. So again, if you're in an adult small group, uh, talk to your leader, see if they have a card for you. They should, all adult small group leaders should have cards by now so that everyone can participate Or if you just want to do it at home with your family, we do have codes in the back of the church. So just grab one card for your family. You only need one card per family so that you can join us in prayer for this Advent season. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the podcast today. We are on our second week, Father Bruce and I, for uh, Popular Piety. And this week we are talking about wreaths. So let's dive right in. Last week, we talked about candles. You know, we went through some of the history, we went through some of the scriptural references, and then we talked about that concept of sacramentality. So this week, I know you are are busting with information about (laughs) the historical aspects of wreaths. So why don't don't we start there? Because history is a great place to start. Yes, I love history, Jen, and (laughs) I love the season of Advent. It is Mm -hmm. my favorite liturgical season of all. It's so and good. Yes, it is. It's amazing. It's amazing. And oftentimes people skip it. They want to go from like the secular holiday yeah. of Halloween or Thanksgiving all the way to Christmas. Mm-hmm. But the church gives us this beautiful season of Advent, uh, four beautiful weeks so that we could better prepare ourselves for the, the coming of Christ at Christmas. And so today we are talking about one of those beautiful things that the season of Advent gives us, which is a wreath, an right. Advent wreath, as many of us are familiar. If you walk into the church uh, right now, you'll see a beautiful Advent wreath mm-hmm. uh, in the sanctuary, and many of you back home might have Advent wreaths as well in your home. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about how you can like use them well as a family and, and prepare for Advent while using them. Um, but I know that we were talking before we started, and actually, the history of Advent wreaths is not too old. So no, what, what's the history? It's there? very, very modern. In fact, the uh, modern-day Advent wreath that we have today is only about, not even, really, 200 years old. That's so, crazy. Yeah, there's a German guy by the name of Johann Heinrich Wiechern, who lived in the early uh, to mid uh, 19th century, the 1800s, who founded a rough house for boys in Hamburg, mm-hmm. Germany. What is a rough house? A rough house is like an Jennifer, orphanage. Yeah, it is. It's an <laughs> okay. orphanage. It is. Okay. So it, it's a home for uh, a home for boys who or who have behavioral problems. Got it. So it's not just an orphanage, but for for you know adolescent boys oh, okay. who are troubled. Yeah, that's probably aptly named then because yeah, it would probably be rough pretty house. rough. Right, right, right. And I and I can't say it in German, but <laughs> it's a German name. But um, so. In his attempt to, because uh, Johann was a Christian man, in his attempt to uh, make the preparation and expectation of Christmas real for the boys, he wanted to have some visible thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that makes sense. Like, we were talking in another episode how uh, man is, an, is a composite uh, made up of body and spirit. And so oftentimes the way we worship, the way we believe comes through our senses. And yeah. so he wanted to make for those boys something tangible that they can see. Mm-hmm. an activity that they can do to help in their excitement, their anticipation yeah. of the Christmas season. And so he invented this uh, thing called the Advent wreath, but it didn't actually start off as a wreath. It started mm. off as something completely different. Yeah, yeah. He first put these rings in graduated stages, okay. uh, one above the other, around a Christmas tree. Mm, okay. And on these rings had candles. 
okay, which we cool. talked about in our last episode, right, right. Parts of Pandos. And so uh, that was the first really uh, form that the Advent wreath took. Mm-hmm. Now, it had some difficulties, as you can expect. Uh, first, it was difficult to light and mm-hmm. extinguish on the tree uh, for, for the young boys. And secondly, just the danger of it, having... Yeah candles burning close to a Christmas tree <laughs> yeah. that once it's cut you know mm-hmm. eventually starts to dry well, we've and, all uh, seen those video- viral <laughs> videos of setting Christmas trees on fire that's right yeah, so there was a huge fast. danger and mm-hmm. possibility of, of the home itself right, catching right. fire so he got smart and he decided <laughs> to make some changes r- yeah make some major changes and uh, he eventually formed this wooden ring mm-hmm. uh, that was suspended from the ceiling with chains yeah. which held the candle on it that right, was away right. from the Christmas tree itself yeah and, and you telling us about that it reminded me of in college uh, the the parish where I went to, mm-hmm. to mass um, where I was a parishioner had it suspended and I always thought like that's so weird yeah. <laughs> but like you're saying it's I actually how it started yeah when I when I've seen some suspended from churches uh, it always reminded me of like medieval times with like yeah. the candelabras <laughs> being suspended from right, the that's exactly. big dining hall uh-huh. banquets but Actually, and the church gives us the option of either having a standing one. We have uh-huh. a standing one here at St. Hilary and St. Anthony. But the suspended one is actually closer to the origins mm-hmm. of what the original one yeah. would have been. So, But either is acceptable. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess it's important to, to note also that a lot of our modern-day Christmas uh, traditions, whether it's the Advent wreath, the Christmas tree, mm. Santa Claus, who is Saint <laughs> Nicholas, like yeah. this all comes from Germany. Yeah, we steal everything from the every Germans. every awesome Christmas tradition Mark that we Bordini, have. We steal Benedict the Sixteenth. That's right. Just take all, <laughs> all, all the good things <laughs> yeah. come from Germany. Yeah, we're stealing from um, beer. I'm sure mm, some people yes. can agree with that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, yes, our our most recent. Uh, Holy Father. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, or the one before. Yeah, our um, Pope Emeritus. That's right, our German Shepherd. So <laughs> all, all of this comes from Germany. And so it was the German German guy, uh, yeah. Johann, who brought, who came up with this idea. Mm-hmm. And it became really popular. And other homes started to incorporate um, this tradition. And then eventually it found its way into the liturgy. Yeah. Um, where it's not an actual part of the liturgy, but it's something that we've adopted. Right, right. We've You said this term earlier, we've we've baptized it into have, yeah. our liturgical practices. So um, it's not a necessary part of the liturgy, but we have like a blessing for it, which I think we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, it's interesting to see how the original one, uh, it, when he, when Johann started it, he had 28 candles mm-hmm. on this original wreath, yeah. and they started lighting it on the night of the Sunday of First Advent. Yeah, yeah. And as the boys would light the candle, they would proclaim these uh, messi- messianic prophecies, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. Um, that we hear throughout the Advent season of the coming of Christ, the hope and the expectation of his coming. Right. And every night after that, they would light one candle a night, and they would recite one of the messianic uh, prophecies uh, until until after Christmas, mm-hmm, actually, because mm-hmm. there's there was 28 of them, and then with the modern day invention of electricity, though that dwindled down from 28 candles because mm-hmm. they needed all that light sure. to just four. Yeah, the four principal candles which we have today. Yeah, those are lit every Sunday for each Sunday of Advent, first, right. second, third, and fourth Sunday, and um, it's interesting to to uh, see how it developed from original candles made of beeswax, white, mm-hmm. uh, to 
the Germans adapting red candles, the use of all red candles. Yeah. And when it came into our liturgy, that's when we started to use the three violet candles mm. and the one rose candle. Right, right. The violet for the first, second week of Advent, the fourth week of Advent, and then the third week of Advent having mm-hmm. the rose candle. Yeah, and that's really cool. Like, so we know, again, like we, there are certain things that have um, like a sacramental meaning even before like we kind of get our hands on them. I think we, we have a couple pre-Christian symbols to look yep. at in a second here. Um, but it's cool because... What you're saying is that we've gone down from 28 to 4 for the Sundays mm-hmm. in particular. And now we kind of have this um, this uh, recent, more recent symbolism attached to those four candles of that 4,000 years between, you know, the the birth of or the um, God creating Adam right. into the life of Christ. That's that 4,000 years. So it's like 1,000 years for each week for each candle. So, yeah, we find sacramentality everywhere, and we just, we do. <laughs> we just hold on to it. Um, but yeah, Everything that's really has meaning, and yeah. that's the beauty of it. We have so many different signs and symbols in our church, and mm-hmm. I know that uh, you'll be giving a um, presentation soon on that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. At our, one of our local churches here, so we're, we're excited to hear you talk about that. But if we could recognize the signs and the symbols that each thing in our church has, it's mm-hmm. so rich, it's so beautiful— and like just myself doing the research and, and learning more about this just yeah. is making me, you know, uh, want to dive more spiritually into it. And, right. And get me excited. for Absolutely. The like, you know, you can see it, it really is true that we as as believers can see Christ in in everything, mm-hmm. you know, in all that is good. We can see him, and and that's actually encouraged right. by the Catholic faith. Like, well, sure, yeah, you you see the smoke rising from the incense, and you think about your prayers going up to heaven. Like, that's a beautiful thing to think about during the Mass instead of like, you know, what's all the smoke doing in here? Exactly. Everything points back to God. And right. if we think about anything that is, is art type or, you know, like music, you can hear a piece of music, um, and that piece of music has within it part of the creator Mm -hmm. the composer same thing with art you can look up look at a painting or or a drawing and you can see something of the artist in the art and Mm -hmm. so is the creation around us that something of god is in that and points back to it and that's what signs and symbols do to us they point to a greater reality Mm -hmm. amen and so what is the greater reality of the advent yeah so we have we have these symbols that we're talking about here and we've had we have a few that that reach even back beyond Christianity before mm-hmm. Christianity was was established. There are our Jewish brothers and sisters, but even in in paganism, right. like before Judaism was even on the scene, these are are enduring symbols. And two of them are the symbols of fire and the symbol of of evergreen. Yep. Um, and those are two that we we pull in very close for the Advent candles and the Advent wreath itself. So. When we think about a wreath, we know that a wreath is a circle, mm-hmm. right? So that circle kind of gives us an understanding of a sim- the symbol of eternity. So a circle mm-hmm. has no beginning and has right. no end. Neither does God himself. Um, God himself has no beginning and no end. Um, and then the evergreen that we put on that on that circle or that we use to create that circle is, you know, we call it evergreen for a reason. It's never not green unless mm-hmm. it's dying, but that's right. it's a different issue. <laughs> um, but it's a tree that is always in that blossom of greenness, of that rich earthly color. Um, and so it's a symbol of eternal life. So it's the same that, you know, it's, the, it's like our soul that yearns for that eternal life. We mm-hmm. see that 
expressed sacramentally in the evergreen. Um, it's also a reminder that God himself is immutable, unchangeable. He yep. does not go through phases. He does not go through change. He is, always has been, and always will be God who is perfection itself. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's interesting. And, and I love how you said oh, the fire and the evergreen and also the circle. Yeah. Like we don't mm-hmm. really think about circles a lot um, yeah. and how it has no beginning and no end. And our participation in the liturgy, I know while I was doing some research on uh, where Advent reads came from, one of the adaptations that Johan had done was he made it linear, mm-hmm. but then changed it to it being a circle. And we kept that circle, yeah. um, that shape when we brought into the liturgy. Because if we think about the liturgy, uh, it's different from our time, mm-hmm. our human time, our yeah. life, which is linear, where there's a past, present, and future, mm-hmm. where the liturgy itself and the call of Advent and every season it, that Holy Mother Church gives us through her readings through uh, different devotions always is a call a beckoning for us to step into yeah. this this lin- uh, this uh, circular spiral yeah. mm-hmm. um, cycle if you will I think you mentioned that before but if you want to uh, briefly share um, about that how the how the liturgical year works yeah yeah so obviously we know it's a cycle because we, we like we come to the the same advent the same mm-hmm. Lent every every year we go through it. However, it's not just a closed circle, but we think almost like if you need to visualize it like a spring, Mm -hmm. because we're coming from earth at the bottom of the spring. And what the liturgical year is meant to do is as we grow in faith, as we grow in knowledge, as we get older, as we dive more deeply into the faith, we move upward on that spring towards the heavenly realities. Um, So yeah, the liturgical year is itself a circle, but not a not a closed circle, but one that leads us closer and closer to our heavenly reward, please Jesus. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And so this these symbols that we see, we also hear it in the blessing um, that we do when we're preparing an Advent wreath. Mm-hmm. Um, the blessing that says that the wreath and its light, we ask that they be a sign of Christ's promise to bring us to salvation. So may he come quickly and not delay. Those are the words. Mm-hmm. Um of the prayer itself. And so what we're seeing when it's all put together, we're seeing a lot of different, um, uh, different sacramental pieces fitting together to make this puzzle a reality and all of it. And, and as does every single sacramental thing that we have, all of it points to Christ, his Mm -hmm. promise, um, the promise of him coming back at the end of time, the promise of eternity for those who have been baptized and who followed in his way, growing in virtue. Um, and, uh, and there's, there's a couple little things that I, when I was doing my research found that, um, I think are also good to keep in mind because mm-hmm. they help us to enrich that symbolism in our own lives. So yes, it's a sign of Christ and it's a sign of all of the years that we spent waiting for him. It's a sign of, we talked about fire last time, how fire is a sign of divinity. It's a sign of everlasting life. Um, and and how that, that wreath and that circle, all of these things combine together to give us um, that understanding of Christ himself. Mm-hmm. It also, though, should tell us something about ourselves. All sacramental things should. They should tell us something about Jesus, and they should tell us something about ourselves. So we actually read in the first in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 9, he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives a prize? So run that you may obtain it. Even athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. 
Um, <clears throat> now, what he's talking about right there, as any history buffs who are listening might know, is when athletes in ancient Rome competed, you know, in the original Olympics, yep. in any sort of, um, you know, feats of strength or ability, they were doing so to receive the laurel wreath, which was that sign that, hey, this person has won, they are the greatest, they're crowning them, basically, as the winner of this event. And so they did so with a wreath. And so when we see that advent wreath, it's not it's not a laurel branch that we're seeing. It's an evergreen branch. It's different. It's it's again baptized into a, a more of a Christian understanding, but it should remind us too, like, yes, it's all about Christ, but I have to reach out to Christ. I have to become like him. So winning that imperishable crown, that that uh holy a wreath upon our head that means i have sought after christ with all my heart that means i have run the race um as best i can which means growing in virtue which means like lowering the amount of vice that i that i have in my life really means pursuing christianity and christ himself with all my heart so um so yeah we can see that wreath and we can be reminded of more than just like this is a sign of christ but also, this is a sign of what I'm striving for. I'm striving right. to be in heaven. So crowned in that heaven. That race that we're running right now. Mm-hmm. So we can have that prize. Absolutely. Which kind of also ties into one of the feast days that we have that also um, features kind of a crown with candles in it, which is mm-hmm. St. Lucy's Day, which is, or, or Santa Lucia Day. Um, and St. Lucy is usually, she's, a, she's one of the virgin martyrs, and she is usually depicted wearing a, a wreath on her head with four white candles in it. And so we can also see in this beautiful symbolism, like the symbolism of of giving up our lives, of remaining pure for the Lord. Like, you know, we're, we talked about virginity last time. It looks like we're going to talk about virginity yep, yep. again. <laughs> so that, that special promise to the Lord that has so much power to bring us into heaven of virginity is just a beautiful thing that St. Lucy herself gave to the Lord and, you know, was eventually martyred because of it and because of her Christian faith. Um, so yeah, that's something that's observed, uh, a lot in like Sweden and a lot of, um, kind of the, the Dutch I <laughs> think. Right. somewhere, somewhere in the, in Northern, um, in Northern Europe, that's kind of where they're featured a lot when they do St. Lucia's day. So yeah, we have, there's even more, again, like we were talking about before, there's even more symbolism that can help guide me back to Christ um, more and more as I as I go through these, th- as I see these symbols mm-hmm. in my liturgical practice, in my popular piety. I wonder if that area uh, around Sweden and, and, and the Flemish and all, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder if that influenced Johan. It could have been, uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what else, Father? We got anything left on wreaths? I think it would be important to, like, to, uh, to stress, like, what does the wreath for us as Christians, how it helps us in the Advent season? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it helps us by the fact that we don't light all the candles all at once. Yeah. Uh, but that the by the lighting of the candle, right, um, and, and waiting for it to burn and waiting for the next one to be lit, that itself is helping us practice the virtue of patience mm. of uh building excitement um expectation for the coming of christ as the nation of israel waited for their savior we wait too for the birth of christ we wait too for his 
uh, coming in glory at, at his second coming. And then each time, right, as we prepare for his immediate coming, that mm. those comings of that we, that we have with him in our encounter in prayer and the sacraments, those things that uh, take place between his first coming and his second coming. But I think that's what Johann really wanted the, um, the young boys in, in that house to, to really understand and, and participate in. And I think that's what the Holy Mother Church is wanting us to. Mm-hmm. That Advent, this journey that we're doing, right, is, 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 takes time. It's a process. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something that we can get right away. And I think mm-hmm. that's uh, our culture is so uh, hooked on instant gratification, oh, sure, instant sure. things that this thing, this person who is coming, mm-hmm. uh, is coming. We have that hope. We have that promise. But we have to wait for it. And yeah. while we wait, we prepare. Yeah, yeah. And and Advent is, of course, a, it is a penitential time of waiting because to wait is to have to exercise virtue. And right. so we can use Advent to prepare our hearts. So, you know, maybe a little bit differently than we do for Lent. But it's still, that's why we wear the violet again is yep. because it is also a penitential time. Um, so if you and your families have an Advent wreath in your home, we highly encourage you, like, light it as a family, sing the, the um, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the, the verse that the church um, kind of gives us for that blessing. You can find the blessing most anywhere online. Right. And we'll put there's, a little yeah, link there's for it. There's the book, there's the blessing that comes from the actual book of blessings mm-hmm. that the church gives us. But there's also all these other different um, uh, liturgies, if you will. Mm-hmm. or, or Paraliturgies. Paraliturgies, mm-hmm. thank you. That you can do, you can find online that could be led by uh, an adult, by right. the father, the priest of the family, um, as the family comes together to prepare mm-hmm. and to wait for the birth and the coming of Christ at Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the blessing itself is not for the wreath, it's for us. That's correct. Because the wreath, the wreath doesn't need to get to heaven. That's right. <laughs> we do. We do. That's right. So the blessing, yeah, that's yeah. right, that we pray in, in the liturgy uh, is for the people who participate. Mm-hmm. So it become, it is a sacramental. Right. So we, yeah, we use the sacramental to, to make ourselves holy, to, to help us to get to heaven. And so if you're doing that in your homes, that's an amazing gift to your families, a gift to yourself, and a gift to the Lord because you're bringing your whole family closer to the Lord. Um, so and any last thoughts on... Yeah, I'm just... Uh, it, it's a beautiful tradition that... Um, that I think every family should, and not only the lighting of the candles, but also the making of it. Mm. This can be done um, as a family project. There are uh, different websites, again, that can help you uh, make the different reefs. I know some classrooms, uh, children are making little reefs out of, um, they're using like paper towel yeah. rolls and construction paper. Yeah. Obviously, you wouldn't light that, but yeah, don't you know, uh, th- those projects. Or you can go and support our local um, Catholic stores in our area mm-hmm. who sell them. Yeah. Um, or you can order online if that's easier for you. But yeah. uh, just every home should should have one. So go yeah. out and get one, <laughs> and, uh, one. And, and bring this beautiful tradition to your home so that way it connects you again back to the heavenly liturgy. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for joining us for our second episode on Popular Piety. Uh, tune in next week for our next episode. And please remember, we're always taking requests. If there's a question that you've just always had about the Catholic faith, or if there's something that you want to hear us talk about, please go ahead and send us an email to sthillarychurch at htdiocese.org. And thanks so much for listening. Have a blessed week.